Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week 12 coming up. How are you? You ready to talk about some games? I am. Yeah, I am. Uh, Joey, we got to start this podcast on a bit of a somber note. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah. Obviously, thoughts and prayers to people in Charlottesville, all the families mm-hmm. affected by the shooting affecting the Virginia football program, um, and, and three players who were killed. I, this is just awful. Um no easy way to talk about or get into it but uh this was obviously something you know you wake up to monday morning and life comes at you really really fast in these situations this is not something anybody can prepare for you see the news break that there's a shooting at uva and then you see another report that it's involving multiple members of the football team and you know that directly affects this podcast joey we're we're a football podcast and it would mm-hmm. uh, you know it would be something we would talk about anyway um but the fact that it affects players that we've talked about on this podcast before is something that you know is pretty crazy to think about and um yeah you know we talk about it we talk about a sport fun podcast you know we we've enjoyed it over the seven years we've done it uh, yep. This is a very different situation that we haven't had to talk about before. So, yeah, right. re- really difficult situation for all involved there. So, yeah, thoughts and prayers to the families and, and thoughts and prayers to the Charlottesville community for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there, there have there have been a couple of occasions of players passing away unexpectedly that we have talked about on this podcast before, but never anything quite like this. Um, and it's an absolutely heartbreaking situation for you know the University of Virginia, the entire community, especially that football team, the, the players on the team, the coaches, um, everybody involved there. It's it's a horrible, horrifying, just awful situation. Um, and, and our hearts are with you, and we're, we're thinking, we're praying for you. Um, for those unaware, uh, the three players that were uh, killed, unfortunately, one of them, Lavelle Davis, uh, the wide receiver, Another receiver, Devin Chandler, who had transferred in from Wisconsin, and then defensive end and linebacker Deshaun Perry. Um, three players. I, I, I just like you said. I mean, I woke up Monday morning. I, I, I was seeing stories all over Twitter of people telling stories about how how much light these players brought to the world in general. Not even not even on the field, just off the field. How great of people they were. How bright of futures they had. Um, I know our friend Caroline Darney mentioned, especially, I think in, in particular, Lavelle Davis maybe went with her this summer uh, to go watch Top Gun Maverick. Um, Caroline is former Air Force, and I think she said Lavelle was asking her the whole time about all sorts of different airplane, aeronautics kind of stuff that would go with that movie. You know, just a, a really, just all, all sorts of wonderful young men. 
um, and and incredibly sad and, and heartbreaking, I guess, to see these things go. You know, and like you said, I mean, we like to tell jokes and we like to have fun on this podcast, and um, you know, we we do the Mickey Mouse thing and and have had a lot of fun with Virginia fans. And I know we have a ton of Virginia fans that listen to this show. But I, this is not something that we are going to be laughing about or joking about. It is a an incredibly sad and and, and like I said, heartbreaking situation that um, there is not any light to be brought of, and just really, really sad. And and, and I'm, you know, I, I I we're we're with you. We're thinking of you. We're praying for you. Um, you know, the, other, the there was two other students, by the way. It was uh, we mentioned Lavelle Davis, Devin Chandler, Deshaun Perry being shot and killed Sunday night. Um, there was also Mike Hollins, the running back. Uh, he was shot and was hospitalized. And there was a fifth student, a girl that was on the bus. That they were they were all coming back from a field trip, by the way, to go go see a play in Washington D.C. for a class field trip for a theater class. Um, and it was upon returning to campus that this all happened. And so, I I mean, just again, horrible. Our our thoughts and prayers are with you. Um, as you mentioned, Mike, you know, this is one of those things where it ends up with uh, the team, I, I guess, took a vote. We, we record this Wednesday evening. The team took a vote and elected not to uh, play this weekend's game against Coastal Carolina, which is in t- in entirely understandable. You know, everyone's got to grieve. They do their own thing. They grieve in their own ways. Um, and so it, it does affect this podcast, like you said, in a way of, you know, we had nine games to preview. Now we only have eight. But um, it's totally understandable that, the the people you know the players and the coaches and everybody might elect that this is not the time to be preparing for a game um given what they've they've just gone through so uh, again our thoughts and our prayers are with you charlottesville there's no um easy way to transition here joey but Mm -mm. we do we do have some football games to talk about which yeah there's no easy way to transition so you know i'm not gonna pretend like there is obviously very right. sad situation um but we're here to uh we're here to preview another week of football in the ACC we are um I, I will say this is that the story did come out uh, a few hours ago that uh ACC teams across the conference are going to be wearing helmet decals yep uh that, that say UVA strong um or sorry i Kind of glancing at it, but they will be wearing decals, kind of in a show of solidarity, you know, a show of support. I I did think that the support that came from a number of programs across the ACC was a a really good and and cool sign, you know, a show of support. And you know, we we compete on the field, and there's rivalries, and there's all these things, you know, where we like talk a lot of trash, and we we can kind of get at each other. But we realize that those things are are pretty superficial in terms of, you know, on-field competition and that kind of thing. Um, When this, this is a a very real, very touching situation, you know, and, and to see a number of programs show their support for Virginia has been really cool. Yeah. The one thing I want to mention too, uh, because I actually just purchased one of these sweatshirts. Um, Barstool is, regardless of what people think of Barstool sports, they, um, they are selling t-shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies that say Charlottesville Strong that have the uh, numbers of the players on the back. Mm-hmm. And 100% of the proceeds are going to the families of the players that were killed. Um, so I'll tweet out the link. I thought it was really cool uh, that they're doing that. So I just wanted to get that out there too. Yep. Absolutely. Any sort of support that we can offer 
Virginia in this time is, is hopefully something appreciated, you know, and if, um, if you're a Virginia fan still listening to this show, you know, we, we appreciate you. We're thinking about you. We're, we're praying for you as, you know, you, this seems like a, the Virginia campus and, and the, you know, the University of Virginia Alumni Association seems like a very tight knit group. Um, it seems like a very tight community, you know, and so um, we know that this this is something that is not taken lightly by anybody within that community. So um, with that said, Mike, you know, like we said, we do have some games to preview and we're going to we're going to go ahead and get into those. Um, as mentioned, the Virginia hosting Coastal Carolina. That game has officially been canceled. It will not be played this game this weekend. And as a result, we have eight games to preview here for week 12 in the ACC. Um, a little bit of a grab bag. We have, I think, five conference matchups and then three out-of-conference matchups. Um, so we're going to start with the conference games, work our way into the out-of-conference games. We will start at 3.30 p.m. on uh, the Jefferson Pilot game of the week. Take your pick. Um, this game actually takes the place of uh, Virginia and Coastal Carolina. Would have been on the, the uh, Jefferson Pilot game of the week. The number 24 NC State Wolfpack on the road, taking on the Louisville Cardinals from the venue formerly known as Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Now I think it's just regular Cardinal Stadium. Uh, NC State is a four-point underdog in this game. Louisville favored. Total is 45. Mike, I look at this game, and I just I have almost no clue of what to expect. I'm seeing an NC State team coming off of a just mind-blowing loss to Boston College. I am seeing a Louisville team. I don't think I don't know that Malik Cunningham is going to play here. Um, they they had been playing pretty well. Obviously lost to Clemson, but they don't have Malik Cunningham. That changes the math entirely. Do you seem like do, do you feel like you have even a decent sense of like what's going to happen on this field on Saturday afternoon? No, so I'm just going to land with the home team. Uh, <laughs> that seems safe, right? No idea, just land. Sure, why no not? No idea, just going to lay it at home with a short favorite. I think that's that's the way we're going to go here. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think if you asked me a couple weeks ago, I think I would have been a little bit more enthused to, to pick Louisville. Um, I think now looking at it, you know, NC State loses a really weird game to Boston College last Saturday, but now I'm wondering, like, okay, are they now going to be a bit more motivated, get themselves up for this game uh, against <laughs> against Louisville? I mean, I I don't know. Um, it's it's kind of tough to even lay them with Louisville, you know, right now with. Mm-hmm just they're hard to trust like i'm not all the way there yet you know like i want to be like i want to be back back on the louisville bandwagon and say that like i really believe that they're as good as their record but i'm not sure that they are i mean they've won a few games right where i was pretty impressed with them wake forest game being one of them and you know turning them over several times several times in the third quarter and, and coming away with that game, I was like, all right, you know, maybe Satterfield's kind of figured it out a little bit. I just don't know if I can really trust them on a week-to-week basis, but I'm just going to hold my nose and pick the Cardinals' four-point home favorite. And I'm just going to go over 
as well, <laughs> over 45. <laughs> Such a gross total. Um, I ha- I don't have a strong feel about this game at all, though. At all. I- I'm having a lot of trouble picking it. So, based on your pick, though, I- I'm going gonna- I'm gonna to make a guess, and you need to tell me if I am correct or not. Mike, you picking Louisville to cover four is assuming that Malik Cunningham is playing and going to be in decent game shape. That's assuming that Malik Cunningham's going to be playing. But, I mean, even if he's not playing, NC State's starting a freshman quarterback still, you know, on the road. Mm -hmm. And that's not an easy place to go win either, like going on the road to Louisville. So, Mm -hmm. it's... The Cunningham, Cunningham not playing does affect things, right? It does affect it, but then it's like more, even more of a toss-up spread-wise, I think, if he doesn't play. It's less about, like, oh, I don't think Louisville's going to win if he doesn't play. Like, I still think they could. It's it's tough to go on the road in that environment. NC State just lost to Boston College. I mean, they could lose to anybody, <laughs> right? I mean, BC's pretty bad. Sure. So Yeah. I am... I'm going to make the opposite assumption. I'm going to assume based on the fact that he didn't play in the second half last week. And we saw him listed as quote day to day, which feels like a very gamesmanship way of possibly saying he's not playing. Um, I am working on the assumption that Malik Cunningham is not going to play in this game. And for that reason, I'm going to take NC state plus the four and maybe outright. I, I think there's a chance that they win this game. And I, I realize what you I think what you said is is a valid point about it. MJ Morris, true freshman quarterback on the road. How's that gonna work out? We don't really know. Honestly, MJ Morris, I don't think has played on the road yet this year. He's been the starting quarterback the last what, two, three weeks. Those have all been home games. Those have all been games in Raleigh, home against Virginia Tech, home against Wake Forest, home against Boston College, you know, for better or worse. Going on the road, this is a bit of a different experience, but the other thing that I know is NC State's defense is going to be traveling with them. And without Malik Cunningham on the field, I have significant questions of can Louisville move the ball and, and score points. So for that reason, and, and even if NC State can't win the game, do I think they can keep this to a three, four point game? Yeah, I do. I, I think they can keep this kind of low scoring relatively, maybe like 21, 17, something like that. Um, very good coaching matchup, by the way, in terms of schematics and ability to coach guys up between Dave Doran and Scott Sa- Scott Satterfield. Um, so something to keep an eye on there. I'll take NC State plus the four. I think they have a chance to win the game outright for sure. And I'll take the under, 45. I think this is a low-scoring game. I, I don't think this gets very particularly pointsy without the help of some serious defense special teams scores here. Um, I, I was just going to say this is the definition of a toss-up. Um, I went Louisville over. You went NC State under. So, we, yeah, we definitely feel good about which way the wind's going to blow here. I think. I'll tell you that like this is a situation where if you could have told me what the spread was, but not who's favored, I probably would have taken the points. I total toss-up situation, bunch of unknowns on both sides. I'll just take the points with whoever's the underdog. Um, so that's. That's my approach here. I would say maybe it works, but you've seen my record this season on uh, just picks in general, so it probably won't. Yeah, and my plan is just going with the short, <laughs> the short favor at home. So whatever. 
NC State plus the four under 45 for me. Louisville minus the four over 45 for Mike. And I, I think there might be a little bit of something to those being correlated. Um, but I, I could see it kind of going any different direction. So your, your pick, but we can keep moving here, Mike. Yep. Let's keep going. At 3.30 on ESPN, the Miami Hurricanes on the road in Death Valley, taking on the number nine Clemson Tigers. Clemson is a 19-point home favorite. Total is 48. Mike, uh, I, I mean, seems like a lot of points, but Miami has has looked some sort of way the last few weeks. So I, you tell me, what are we doing here? Are we we are we taking the points with Miami? Is that enough? Or we think Clemson can kind of kill Miami here? Right, Clemson is going to kill them. I. Yeah, Miami's given me no reason to think they're, that they're going to cover a three-touchdown spread against a team like Clemson. It's pretty well coached. Now mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on the tie. I'm on the Tigers here. Uh, I'm not locking anything up in this game, only because I it's got some backdoor cover potential. I think so. I'm I'm going to leave it alone. I'm pretty confident Clemson wins and covers here, though. Um, and I, I like the over, too. Like, total's 48. I like the over. I could see, like... <laughs> honestly, I could see, like... 42 to 14. Like, I think Clemson could get in the 40s. Um, Miami... Miami can turn the football over, right? Like, we've hmm. seen that give Clemson a short field they're probably going to score Miami's defense isn't good enough to make me think that they're going to hold the Clemson offense down for four quarters I mean I've Miami's gotten gashed um, in the passing game on on big plays down the field DJU has excelled in chunk passing plays this year it's one of the areas where he's been really really good so I think Clemson's receivers, this is actually a favorable matchup for them against the Miami secondary. I do think DJ is going to be able to hit on some chunk passing plays here. And yeah, I, I think this is a tough matchup for Miami. So yeah, give me, give me Clemson at home, laying them 19 points. Um, and, and I like the over here as well. You think that Clemson can get to about 42 points here, Mike? Mike, they, they have played 10 games so far. Mm-hmm. How many of those ten games would you guess Clemson has scored forty points or more in? Two, three, three. Surprise! Okay. under there. They scored yeah. forty-one against Georgia Tech. They scored forty-eight against Louisiana Tech, and they scored fifty-one against Wake Forest. Other than that, thirty-five against Furman, thirty against NC State, thirty-one against Boston College, thirty-four against Florida State, twenty-seven against Syracuse, fourteen against Notre Dame, thirty-one against Louisville. Clemson seems like they they get to about that 30 to 35 point mark and they're good. They know yeah. that's all they need. But I'm kind of yeah. with you. I think I might take the over. I, I think 48 just seems like a bit of a low total. I this is so for some reason I feel like Clemson's going to be able to move the ball here. And for some reason I feel like Miami is going to be able to move it here as well. I don't I can't like really make all this line up in my head logically, but I, 19 is also a ton. 
Like, is Miami really going to win this game like 34 to 10? Maybe. But I guess I'll take 19 points with Miami here, which is an awful idea. Miami yeah, just covered de- for the first time plan. last week against Georgia Tech. <laughs> like, and it took a game script plus Georgia Tech's quarterback going out for Miami to cover for the first time this year. This this feels like a uh, Scott Van Pelt, Hottie B's uh, special here. The, uh, the the quote unquote hold on to your butts special. Uh, let, let's Joey, just take Miami plus the nineteen. Joey, I I think that's a really really dumb pick. I think it's a dumb pick. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a dumb pick. I mean, are you locking up Clemson here? No. No, I'm not. I told you I told you there's backdoor cover potential. I said that off the top. So maybe that's how yeah. Miami gets there. Maybe that's how they get there. Yeah. So I, I, I can only call it so I can only call it so dumb if I'm not going to lock them up, right? I was, defense, I was gonna say like, I don't feel great about it. I just it's 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 I think it's maybe a little bit more of a principle at this point of like, am I really laying nineteen points with Clemson against a conference opponent? Like Clemson's offense if they score thirty one points all Miami has to do is score 14 to cover, right? Oh, like that, It doesn't take I'm much. Saying, yes, I understand that. But all I'm saying is that out of all the spots where you could have picked Miami to cover this year, this is the one you're picking <laughs> on the road in Death Valley. You sick bastard. It's a good point. It's a good point. Um, Scott, I think there's an idiot sound effect in there that probably... What? <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, what a loser. <laughs> Tough but fair. Tough but fair. First time oh. that's that's been broken out on the preview show, and I think uh, an appropriate use case here. Yeah. I agree. It's been mostly a recap sound. Whatever. I'll wear it. Miami plus the 19. Hold your nose. Hold your butts. And uh, somehow over 48. I don't think my face makes sense together, but, you know, whatever. Mike, you've got Clemson minus the 19, also over 48. But no locks yet. No, no locks. Not quite yet. Let's keep going. At noon on the ACC Network, the Duke Blue Devils on the road in the venue formerly known as Heinz Field, taking on the Pitts, Pitts, Pittsburgh Pitt Panthers. Uh, Pitt is a seven and a half point home favorite here. Total is 50 and a half. Mike, are the, uh, are the vibes like improved that much in Pittsburgh that Duke should be favored by more or, or Duke or that, sorry that Pitt should be favored by more than a touchdown here hell no Duke lock it up you better lock it up you better lock it up no you lock it up you lock it up lock it up lock it up please Duke's the I mean, pick Joey it helps There's the pick it helps when your your defense has receiving touchdowns from the other quarterback but like when they don't, then yeah. what? I mean, yeah, Pitt's I mean, offense the, not not a wagon right now. The Pitt offense didn't exactly light it up last Saturday, right? Like, I know it was a beatdown, but like <laughs> two pick sixes went a long way there. Um, Pitt's offense hadn't really lit it up in like a month since they played Virginia Tech, really. Joey, I don't think Pittsburgh wins this game. I oh. I like Duke. I like Duke in upset. Like I I like them outright. I like them outright money line upset. This is this is worth a look on the money line, in my opinion. 
I don't disagree. I think Duke winning this game is very much on the table, and it would yeah. it would not surprise me. And I I am tempted to just select that myself, Mike, because I I look at this, I see Duke catching more than a touchdown, seven and a half. Do I think that Pittsburgh is going to get that much separation? No. Do I think Duke might win this game on the field? Yes. Joey. And Mike, with that, I was going to say, you. enough to lock it up? Let's lock it up, Joey, shall yeah. we? Duke, Hell plus yeah. seven and a half, lock it up, baby. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Come on. Let's I'm with go. you. I, I, now, there is, there is always a chance that we, we see these games and we see these lines and we see – it seems like it's too easy. There's always that, like, paranoia that I have among myself when I'm, when I'm picking these games of, wait, that's not right, is it? When I saw Florida State minus six and a half or whatever against Syracuse last week, I was like, is that it? So there's sometimes that I see that and I'm, 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 I'm skeptical and I think we should steer into the other direction. There's other times I see it and I'm like, mm, no, no, I didn't write. Let's just uh, let's go ahead and take the candy where it is. So I, I don't know. I'll go with Duke minus seven and a half or plus the seven and a half. Hell, not totally disinterested in Duke minus seven and a half. You can find an alternate line for plus four hundred or whatever that is. I don't know. Go for it. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, Duke, Duke by double digits here, maybe? Not off the table. I don't I'm, think it's off the table. All I'm going to say is that this game is going to be on my card this weekend. That's what that's what I'll say about that. There is a there's also by the way, just throwing this out there, there's a chance Pitt wins this game by 17 points. Like <laughs> let's let's get nuts. You want you want to get nuts? Let's get Basically, nuts. Basically, any of these ACC teams has a pretty wide variance. So, you know, we seem really confident that Duke's going to cover seven and a half. We're saying they might win. They also might get blown out. Who knows? Like, but I think with the way they've been playing, I think with the way that Pitt plays and wins games in particular, I do not trust Pitt to blow out Duke in the way that this line would suggest. So I, I think that's where the, the the lock comes from. And by the way, total of fifty and a half. I'm going to take the under there. Um, I I think this yeah. is a bit of a slugfest. I don't think that Pitt's offense again. If this goes over, there's probably at least one defensive or special team score involved. Um, there's something wonky that happens or. There's an interception. They get the ball in like the four-yard line, like really short touchdown drive kind of thing. I don't think that these two offenses are going to manufacture this many points. So give me Duke, lock up, plus the seven and a half, and under the uh, – the what did I say? 50, 50 and a half. I like the under as well. And when you think about you know the way these two teams like to play Pitt likes to run the ball a ton Duke likes to run the ball a lot too just in a different way right with their quarterback Riley Leonard so you know clocks moving a lot in this game you know Pitt not too confident in Keaton Slovis in the passing game Duke's very balanced offensively um I I just think the more balance makes me lean Duke with with you know covering seven and a half and then just the fact that I think both these teams are going to try to establish a run in this game just makes me really feel like this is going to be an under game as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't see these two teams as really lighting up a scoreboard. So I, I feel pretty good about the under. I feel pretty good about Duke plus seven, seven and a half. So I look forward to Pitt winning like 56 to 20. So <laughs> that'll be fun. Over. Decisively over. 
Naturally. Naturally. Mike, uh, let's keep moving. Next game, before we get there, we got to remind the people about Section103.com. It is the Internet's premier place to buy all sorts of wonderful premier Georgia Tech apparel. They have got T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, things in the official Tech Gold. They've got the official word mark, something for the whole family. Um, you've got some holiday gifts you're trying to buy. You're trying to get prepped for basketball season. Anything you need to support Georgia Tech, go to Section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. I am wearing this gray hoodie that I just got in the last week or so. If you're watching on YouTube, by the way, go search for Basketball Conference on YouTube. If you're watching there, you can see this gray hoodie I'm wearing. Uh, it is the model. Basically, it's it's kind of the, the – there's the short sleeve hoodie that Brent Key has been wearing on the sidelines. Uh, they've got one of those. This is the full-length, like, normal hoodie. It is ridiculously soft. It is very warm. Also, kind of strangely lightweight. So it's uh, it's kind of the best of all worlds, we'll say. Um, it is a fantastic buy. If you get a chance to get your hands on one, uh, I do think supplies are running short. So get get out there and go get it now while you still can. And they've got also again they've got all sorts of other great products: t-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, some performance wear, some regular cotton stuff, all that. Go to section103.com, use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Uh, appreciate Steven and the gang for their support and for their wonderful products. They are, uh, they are really, really good quality stuff that we get from there. Mike, of course, we bring up Section 103 right before we preview the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets on the road, taking on the number 13 North Carolina Tar Heels. This is on ESPN2 at the uh, world-famous 5.30 p.m. time slot. Which, I mean, sure, we're just like making stuff up at this point. Mike, North Carolina is a 21-point home favorite. Total is 63. Um, let, let's just start here. Uh, we, we found out this week that Jeff Sims is done for the season or out indefinitely or whatever words you want to use there, basically. But he, he's not like fully off the team, but he's not going to travel with the team. He's not in meetings. He's not in practice. So he's he's done for the year, we think. Uh, Zach Pyron that, broke his, I think it was his collarbone, by the way. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say um, all that stuff about Jeff Sims. That's word salad for I'm going to transfer. Continue. No, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's. I, I, at this point, I would be shocked if he doesn't transfer. Um, it is it is a near certainty. Um, so he's he's pretty much done with his time as a Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket. Uh, Zach Pyron has a broken collarbone, I believe, coming off of the game last week against Miami. I uh, almost wow. Um, so he's not playing. He's done for the year. Meaning your quarterback room right now looks like Zach Gibson, who we have seen and talked about way more than we should have at this point. Ty Pumachan, the transfer from Clemson who is arguably behind a walk-on on the depth chart at this point at quarterback. Basically, we are we are th at least three quarterbacks into our depth chart uh, with the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets in Atlanta. All that to say, Mike, three touchdowns, not nearly enough here. Uh, UNC, if you get this inside of four touchdowns, just go ahead, lock it up. North Carolina minus 21, easy. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. The biggest concern here is when does North Carolina call off the dogs? Like that's that's your your concern. But even then, I I saw a Georgia Tech team total today of like 20, 21. Uh-uh. 
under that. No, they're, they're not scoring. This offense is absolute garbage under Zach Gibson, and it can't be any better under Ty Pumachon or if they run the Wildcat with Nate McCollum or whatever they do. It, it, I mean, absolute trash. They're not going to score any points. Carolina's going to run away with this game. It doesn't matter. I mean, Carolina's defense is pretty bad, though. I, I, yeah, I mean, they are, they are, and yet, like, arguably worse is Georgia Tech's quarterback and receiver situation at the moment. Yeah, um, well, let's start here. I'm also locking up North Carolina, Scott, so let, let's go ahead and lock that you up. Lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I'd like Before the Tar Heels. Before you try heels. too hard to talk me out of it. Well. I like the Tar Heels up to like 24, 25. I I think once you get beyond that, I wouldn't go quite four scores, but trending in that direction, you know, I still like Carolina. Um, So I think if you get in 21, that's that's a pretty nice number. Uh, A total of 63. I mean, can Carolina get into the 40s here? Yes. It wouldn't take much help from Georgia Tech, right? Like... 42 to 14. Could you see that? That would be not enough. 56. Could you see? Yeah. Could you see? Okay. Could you see like 48 to 14? <laughs> Still not 52, enough. 52 14 basically is what, is what you need. Yeah. Like, can you see 42? Is what? 42-20? This is what Still I'm wouldn't get you there. I'm gonna go under. 63 is is too high. I don't know how this yeah. number's in the 60s. I, I saw have a Georgia over. Tech team total once again today around 21. No chance. Like, mm-mm. yeah, I have over on the sheet, and you've talked me out of it. So I'm gonna go under here. I'm gonna go <laughs> under here. I started playing the I started playing the scoreboard game, and I can't get there. So I'm gonna go under. Yeah. If if Georgia Tech scores. Uh, 17 points, it'll be like a minor miracle. Like, I, I realize that North Carolina's defense is not good, but what, like, if you kind of start looking at it, they're actually okay against the run. They're pretty bad against the pass. How is Georgia Tech beating them with the passing attack right now? They don't have the quarterback, they can't protect him, and they don't have the receivers to beat him. Like, that, that passing attack is pretty terrible at the moment. Like, I just I, – no way do I think they're scoring that much. And, and ultimately, again, North Carolina next week has NC State. The week after that, they're playing for the ACC championship against Clemson. I don't think North Carolina is going pedal to the metal for four quarters here. I, I think they get up 42-10, to 10 and Drake May is out of the game, and Josh Downs is out of the game. And, you know, it's, it's a bit of a – let's just, you know, clean up here and move on. And there's something to be said. Maybe Carolina's backups could also keep scoring – um, I, I think Tech's defense is is okay, and we'll keep that maybe slowed enough to where this stays under. But I just I don't think Tech is giving you more than maybe fourteen ish points in this game. And it's and, and the other thing I looked at too today, by the way, is you know they they have looked better. They have they have won a few games under Brent Key. Like they haven't really been offensive explosions. 
They scored 26 against Pitt. They scored 23 against Duke in overtime, 20 in regulation, 9 against Virginia, 16 against Florida State, 28 against Virginia Tech, and 14 now against Miami. Like, that was with your your, your two best quarterbacks and, and some other things. So, I just – I don't see it here. I, I think this is going to be a, a bad day for, for Georgia Tech fans. Say it that way. This will also be on my card this weekend. <laughs> yeah, same, same. All right, uh, let's keep moving here. Mike, at 8 on the ACC Network, the Syracuse Orange on the road in Winston-Salem talk, talking, taking on the Wake Forest Steeman Deeks. The Deeks are a 10-point home favorite. Total is 56. Mike, Wake Forest in a bit of a skid here. Uh, they have lost uh, three in a row to Louisville, NC State, North Carolina. Syracuse also in a little bit of a skid. They have lost four in a row to Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, Florida State. I did go do some reading today. I, I checked and verified that the rules do state that somebody has to win. That These games cannot end in a tie at this point. Do you think Wake can win by 10-plus in this game? I don't think Wake is as bad as their record. We talked about this on last week's recap. Like, I just don't mm-hmm. think they're as bad as their record. Um, I agree. The, the Louisville game, you play that game 10 times. I, I think Wake wins, like, seven of them. Like, I mm-hmm. just, you know, they turned the ball over six times in the third quarter. Um Carolina game last week, like Wake could have easily won that football game if it weren't for some mistakes. I mean, Sam Sam Hartman's turned the ball over some, and it's been a bit uncharacteristic. But when he takes care of the football, they're really tough to beat. I I think Syracuse's defense has been good. And I think the Syracuse defense can keep them in this game. The problem is that Syracuse's offense has given them nothing lately, right? Like. Garrett Trader got hurt. Right. Carlos Del Rio Wilson gave him a nice little spark against Clemson. But, like, they don't really have consistent quarterback play right now. Schrader played last week. He did not look like himself. Um, I'm not sure he's 100%. Assuming he goes on Saturday against Wake Forest, I still don't anticipate him being 100%. This is just not a great matchup for Syracuse. Um, these are two teams that you know, are kind of skidding, but the way Syracuse is losing games right now, like they look like they're just kind of beaten down from a depth standpoint, like offensive line can't block for Sean Tucker. They haven't been able to all year. They're beaten up at quarterback. Um, They're just not, they're not scoring points like they need to. And then when you look at wake, I just think that they've had a couple of weird losses. Right. But like, I don't think they're, they, they don't have the feel of a six and four team to me. Like I think they're better than that. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. G- give me give me Wake here to to win and cover ten. I think Syracuse loses again. I think Wake's the better team still. But I will say, like if Syracuse turns Sam Hartman over, this game could be could be interesting. Um, but I just don't see that happening. So give me give me Wake in the under here. I'm with you. Yeah, total of fifty six. I'll take the under. Syracuse's offense, even you mentioned, I mean, Garrett Schrader played a lot of or, you know, pretty much all of that game last week against Florida State did not matter. Um, He didn't look right. This whole Syracuse offense just in general has not looked right 
for uh, um, the really the back half of the season and where they've struggled. They did their best work really those first three weeks of the season. They scored 31 on Louisville. They scored 41, 48 on UConn and 32 against Purdue. I mean, the last several weeks they had the even though going back to the win against NC State, they scored 24, 21 against Clemson, 24 against Notre Dame, nine against Pittsburgh, and three against Florida State. Um, that offense has struggled in in a lot of ways. And I, Wake Forest, I realize that they're losing, but like you said, I mean, they easily could have beaten Clemson. They easily could have beaten North Carolina. I, I think they were playing better than a six and four team would. And just with, I, I just, everything in play, like, by the way, like we've talked a couple times this season about how one of the, one of the things that Syracuse's defense does really well is they run that three, three, five system that is really tough for quarterbacks. The first time they see it, Sam Hartman's seen it how many times by now? Like this is not anything new for him. It's not anything unusual. I I'm with you. I think Wake Forest can, can run away with this game a little bit and win by at least 14 points. So uh, I'll take Wake Forest as well. I'll take under 56 with the idea that I I question how much help Syracuse is going to give to getting to the total. So if if you find a Wake Forest team total, and we can do some quick math and calculate what that should be, so 56, uh, t- uh, 31. I I might take my uh, I might take a shot with Wake Forest over 31 points in this game. Yeah, I I will say this. I think if Syracuse was at home and they were catching 10, I think I'd be on Syracuse. Um so for what it's worth, like I think this is probably a two-score game, like 12-13 point game, but I do think Wake's on the right side of this. Yeah. I did the math wrong by the way. It's 33 that Wake would have to get past, but yeah, I mean, do I think they can get to 35? Probably. Right. I'm less confident than I was about 31, but, you know, not by that much. So, Right. It is, uh, it is late in the season. It is late at night. Do not criticize our uh, math-doing abilities on this podcast, please. Joey and I are parents of young children, so we're just... Yes. Uh, the only math... Different the only children. math I... Yes, yes, different. Yeah, you have two. I, I have one child. Um, the only math I do nowadays is sleep math, which has not worked in my favor for a number of months now. So, simple addition can be very hard if you don't. Uh, if you're if you're not a parent yourself, you you'll find out one day, maybe uh, yeah, if you choose to. Right. But anyways, right. uh, wake and the under for the both of us. It's nice to uh, fully agree on something tonight, Mike. We're agreeing on spreads, not on totals, but this is one of the first ones we've agreed with both on. Yep, yep. Mike, let's keep moving because there's something that we can't put off any further. At noon on ESPN Plus, because apparently people might pay to watch this game, the Virginia Tech Hokies, your Hokies, on the road in, what is it, Lynchburg? It is. Take it on the Liberty Flames. <laughs> I can't believe this. Liberty is a 10-point favorite over Virginia Tech at home. Total is 46-and-a-half. Uh, before the podcast, I had it in the sheet that I was going to take Liberty, and you and Producer Scott almost kicked me off the call. Like, what are you doing? 
or wait, sorry, it was Virginia Tech. I was going to take the Hokies and the points, and neither of you could figure out like what was my rationale, and uh, neither could I. Oh, good. So we talked you out of it. You did officially, yes. Excellent, excellent. I'll take Liberty minus the ten. Only if if nothing else, on the principle that at this point every week is an Auburn audition for Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Uh, sounds like he's going up against Lane Kevin for that job. So <laughs> let the best man win. And I say let the best man win. That, that could mean a number of different things with those two individuals. But anyway. Uh, Good news so, is that if, if Auburn hires uh, Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss could always hire Hugh Freeze and see how that works in, in Oxford. Yeah, that's never happened before. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Hugh Freeze yeah. part two. Round two, baby. Let's go. I promise it'll be different now. I promise. <laughs> I really promise it'll be different. Oh, man. Hugh Freeze has coached like, two very, very different but interesting places, hasn't he? Yeah. Not that's, to... a, that's a Wikipedia page that one day is going to be very, very interesting and fun to read. Yeah. Yeah. Might be on so that, do you uh, think Tommy Tuberville track of being a politician one day? I mean, yeah, let's just open up a can of worms here. Um, <laughs> do you think former Liberty president Jerry Falwell has money on this game? Uh, I mean, is, is, is the sun in the sky and is Liberty playing? Then probably Yes. <laughs> Will be will he be recording this game on his camcorder like he does other activities? I don't think that the Mike. I don't think that the Lord approves of gambling on sports, unless it is a Christian university like Liberty playing. In which case, well, we got to bet on the on the what the Flames? Yeah, we got to bet on the Flames. Come on. Yeah, it's in the Ten Commandments. Let's go. Yeah, I. I do appreciate how we just swept the camcorder comment right under the rug. Give me, uh, yeah, give, give me, give me Liberty minus the ten. Um, totals forty six and a half. I mean, if you think Virginia Tech is going to score in the twenties, you're kidding yourself. So, I I can't believe that this is where we're at with this Virginia Tech staff. Like I. I really thought that it would go better than this. Didn't think it would go well this year. Thought it would be better <laughs> than this. I mean, there's an outside chance that Virginia Tech can still go four and eight, Joey, to achieve your season your season prediction. But I, for one, do not believe that is going to happen. So, yeah, I guess I'm with you. Liberty minus the 10. Uh, I'll take over the 46 and a half as well. I, I think, again, the Hugh Freeze audition factor. Do I think that Virginia Tech can get to like 17-ish points? Yeah, I think so. And, and I mean, 46 and a half, just not a very high number for a college football game in general. So, uh, yeah, sure, we'll go over that total. Yeah, I, I'm going to go over too. Um, yeah, I mean, give me Liberty like. Yeah, I could see like 35, 17 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, get you in the 50s. That's good enough. Yep. 
Dalcast. Not, not your older brother's Liberty team, though. By the way, now that Malik Willis is gone, and uh, they've certainly the the COVID year Liberty team. This is not that, but still not bad, and still might beat an ACC team on on Saturday as they are uh, want to do lately. I mean, <laughs> Virginia Tech still found ways to lose and unbelievable fashion of liberty i just whatever i just want to know who in the athletic department in blacksburg is responsible for the Hokies out of conference schedule this year including two road trips to g5 teams in the state of virginia like this is this is like by the way this is relatable because earlier was it this week or late last week at some point Georgia Tech basketball played a road game at Georgia State, which is like a mile down the road. And it's like, what is the point of this? And yet, like, it's, it's like one of the things of like you have nothing to gain and everything to lose. Right. I, I don't know why somebody agreed to this. Right. It, it does seem dumb, doesn't it? It does. It does. Liberty and over for the both of us. Two more, Mike. At two thirty on NBC Peacock, is this this is on just like over the air NBC, right? Yes, correct. I assume, I assume yes. so. You have multiple options to choose from. Is this is there a is there a trophy here? By the way, is this the? I think the battle for the jeweled shillelagh is uh, with USC, right? Yep. This is just the uh, this is just Jesuit Saturday. Or uh, something like that. Something. Boston College on the road, taking on the number 18, Notre Dame fighting Irish. <laughs> Notre Dame's a 21-point favorite in South Bend. Total is 43 and a half. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do something really stupid here, Mike. Oh, no. Give me 21. Give me all 21 with Boston College. I have I no believe. shot. No shot. I believe in my boy Emmett Moorhead to keep this within three touchdowns. I also have a slight amount of skepticism in whatever Notre Dame is running out there calling an offense. Like, can they really and truly get three touchdowns of separation on this Boston College team? A couple weeks ago, I would have said yes, but like, Boston College keeps playing hard and seems competent enough that. I think this is like a 17-point game. Give me give me Notre Dame like 34-17, something like that. I think Boston College can make this interesting. I mean, you can you can have that. I'm going to look up something really really quickly here. Good podcasting. Um, I can jump in for a second and uh, yes, go Joey, ahead. It's, it's, go, Scott. it's called the whole it's called the Holy War, but it's not the real Holy there War. You go. And they do yeah. play for a trophy. It's called the Ireland Trophy, according to Wikipedia. That's it. That's all I got. Let's say the the real holy war is uh, that's BYU and Utah or BYU. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. All right. This is this is more like the Crusades. So we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> so I grew uh, up Catholic. I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. Same. Um, there are two teams, Joey, who have scored in the 30s on Notre Dame this year. Can you name them? 
two teams that have scored in the 30s on Notre Dame. I know North Carolina did. Yes, that's correct. That's one. And I know that Navy did last week. That's correct. Somehow, Navy way. did last week. <laughs> that's that's correct. Those are the only two teams that have scored in the 30s on Notre Dame this year. Boston well, the College. Good thing is that North Carolina and Navy's offenses have a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? I think you can kind of back your way into an argument for both of them, right? North Carolina has a top seven or eight offense in the sport. Navy has got one of the hardest offenses to defend in the sport. Can we agree on that? Yes, with the caveat that Navy is also, uh, they, they are tryhards. So we'll go with that. <laughs> they scored a bunch it, of points in the second half is what I'm saying. They were getting blown out, and then they that game reduced was, the blowout. That game, I had I had the Irish minus 16 and a half. I was feeling fantastic about that at halftime. And mm-hmm. then they quit. Notre Dame did not score in the second half. So And not only that, Notre Dame had like twelve yards of offense grand total in the second half. Yeah. And that's that's not like an exaggeration. Go look it up. It I, I believe the total was actually twelve yards of offense in however, you know, six, seven possessions they had in the second half. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They they totally mailed in, in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um okay. The reason why I bring this up is because Boston College has one of the two or three worst offensive lines in the FBS. Mm-hmm. And pretty rough. Notre Dame's got a really freaking good defense. Mm-hmm. And Emmett Moorhead is a freshman. Yes. On the road in South Bend behind a really bad offensive line going against a really, really good Notre Dame defense. Yes. Really good Notre Dame defense. Mm-hmm. Joey, I do not see it for Boston College here at all. I don't mm-hmm. see, I don't know how I don't know how they cover. I have no idea how they do it. Like they're their defense is fine, like decidedly fine. Their offense is bad. Emmett Moorhead has been good, but Notre Dame's defense, uh, he has not faced a defense anywhere near Notre Dame's caliber yet. I do not see it with BC on the road in South Bend. I can't rationalize it at all. Um, I almost want to lock it up. Should I just... I? You know what? Notre Dame... Minus 21, we're locking it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I, talk uh, to I don't myself care. Anyway. I'm a sicko. Yes, I'm a <laughs> sicko. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Um, I'm a sicko. This is a sicko line. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be more like Emmett Leshead by the time the game's over. <laughs> Proud of you uh, coming on with the dad jokes. Thank you. Well done. Well done. Uh, Mike, uh, Boston College has lost seven games this year. How many of them have they lost by at least 21 points? (laughs) I'll give you a hint. More than none. More than none. More than none. Uh, I'm going to go with three. That's correct. They lost to Florida State by 30, Clemson by 28, and Wake Forest by 28. Other than that, they lost to Duke by 7, UConn by 10, and uh, Virginia Tech by 17, and Rutgers by 1. So my point is, Boston College is losing a number of games, and we think that they are bad. We think that they are number one in the ever-changing four-team playoff of worst team in the ACC. And yet, like, where they have lost games in a number of cases, they they haven't gotten blown out. 
and they beat NC State on the road last year, last year, last week. Uh, I'm I'm just taking points here, and and hoping that they can keep this a little bit close. Um, by the way, Notre Dame, a little bit of a look ahead spot, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yes, because next week they get USC in Los Angeles in the Coliseum. So you never know when, when Notre Dame might elect to call off the dogs here. So give me the points with Boston College. I'll take the 21. I'll take the over as well. It just doesn't take much of anything to get past 43 and a half. And I think, uh, you know, Boston College, Zay Flowers is going to score a touchdown. He just does that like almost every week. And I think Boston College can score another three to seven points past that. And Notre Dame will score plenty and they'll get past that. So final score, Notre Dame uh, 34, Boston College 14. Check the math over and Boston College covers. Yep. 31, 34, 14, 34, 14. Is that what I said? I don't know. It's late. They cover by a point. <laughs> I'll take it. Take the cashes, baby. <sighs> Let's move on. Whatever. Last one. Noon on ESPN 3. I, I I don't even know where you find this game. This is on local programming. Check your local listings. <laughs> The number 19 Florida State Seminoles at home hosting the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, Florida State is a 24-point favorite here at home. Total is 52. Mike, I should remind you that this is not your slightly older brother's Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, Billy Napier is gone. He is in Gainesville. Florida State will not see him this weekend. They will see him next weekend when they take on Florida. Uh, For now... I, I'm just going to lay them with Florida State. Louisiana has not been that great. I think Billy Napier got out at the right time. This is a bit of a rebuild for Louisiana at the moment. They've been pretty underwhelming in the Sun Belt. I will lay the 24 with Florida State. I think they keep rolling and just walk through this game without a problem. I like Florida State in the over. I feel like this game is going to be on like PBS after like <laughs> – an 11.30 showing of this old house or something. Or like Arthur or whatever, Saturday morning kids cartoons, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Arthur. God. Wait, you didn't watch Arthur growing up? I did, I did. I was a big fan of Arthur. All right, all right, good. Arthur remains the source of one of my very, very favorite internet memes, which is that, uh, that instance of Buster... Well, no, 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 not 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 Francine's fist. Oh, and and not DW looking at the sign and saying that sign can't stop me. I can't read. It is, in fact, Buster saying, "Really, you think people would do that? Just go on the internet and tell lies?" I can't wait to introduce my kid to both Arthur and the internet with that episode. It'll be great. It is a good meme. <laughs> it's a good meme. It's not the one I was thinking of, though. They're good memes, Mike. Yep. Who do you like in this game? Oh, Florida State. (laughs) All right, good. You didn't want analysis here, did you? I mean, this is a terrible Sun Belt team against one of the hottest teams in the conference. 
like how much analysis we given here. That was perfect. That was a perfect amount of analysis. I like that. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate Totals it. Totals 52. Scott, we're locking up the over. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. What the hell? Why not? I, Florida State might, is probably going to get in the 40s. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Oh, are you locking it up, too? Double barrel. Yeah, that's what that meant. If not, oh, well. <laughs> sure. You know what? You want, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> that's that's four. I was going to say, I'm, if, I'm, if you're going to unlock it, I think Scott has to play the sound in reverse, which... No. We're, we're not doing that to him. Yeah, we got to right. add the... Uh, by the way, we got to add the George Costanza. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> got to add it. Add there to the list. Yeah, we, got, we got a long laundry list of sound effects. I... 50, like I said, Florida State might get into the 40s here by themselves. Yeah. It's going to take very little for Louisiana to get them over the total. So, uh, yeah, 52 is too low. That'll probably be on my card for Saturday. You know, you really talked me into it. So, I mean, I like the <laughs> over anyway. I like it a lot more now. So It's a low number, man. In Florida State, that offense has been rolling. I mean, they they scored a ton on Miami. 45. That was a they name your score game. last week against Syracuse. They scored 41 against Georgia Tech. I mean, yeah, the last few weeks they have been hot on offense. Unfortunately, they've also been hot on defense. And uh, these other teams, they haven't played a game. I, I guess that Georgia Tech game got them to 57 points. But, you know, Florida State's look good, man. I, I, I am in on the Knolls right now. They have, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a nice nine and three season for them because they're gonna win this game, then they're gonna beat Florida next weekend. So, yep, yep. All right, Knowles and the over for the both of us over locked up. Mike, that's all I've got on ACC games for Week Twelve. Did I miss anything, Scott? How do we do? Doing great. Beautiful. Sweet, Mike. What uh, anything else? What did we miss? Do we uh, anything else we need to talk about before we get out of here? We can talk about our boys. Oh, our what, Scott? Oh, the bowl eligible (laughs) Bowling Green Falcons. (laughs) Let's talk about the bowl. Yikes, Toledo Bowling Green Falcons. Yikes, Toledo. Is that a grammatically correct sentence? By the way, they're putting the bowl bowl eligible Bowling bowling. Green Falcons. Is that a thing? They're putting the bowl in bowling. I'll tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> last night they led 21 to 0 and had to score with nine seconds left to beat toledo for the first time since 2009 and they're going bowling with a chance to go to the mac championship game if they beat ohio next weekend joey That's all i have i could go more if you want me to but yeah joey does toledo fire jason candle <laughs> I mean, let's look up Jason Candle's record at Toledo. I know he's well thought of. Like, it's it's him and Sean Lewis at Kent State. And a, there's like one or two other Matt coaches that people are usually talking about for other jobs. I mean, I mean, Jason Candle's 52 and 31 there, and he's 35 and 18 in conference play. And I mean,. 
and he's still what are, at what Toledo. Are the, what are the heights that you're trying to reach at Toledo that he's not reaching? Like, I don't know. You have to start asking yourself, why is he still the coach at Toledo? Yeah, it's a valid question. In terms of, not in terms of his success that he's had at Toledo, in terms of like other jobs, why is he still the coach mm-hmm. at Toledo? Well, it's it's his Toledo team that looks like they are in line to play for the MAC championship game in two weeks against potentially Bowling Green or Ohio. So, I mean, they might win a conference title here. I, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. This is probably a, a, almost a discussion that's more able to be had about the MAC in general and like what are they doing as an FBS conference in general at this moment in time, but. They're playing on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, Joe. That's what they're doing. They sure are. I don't know if you saw that game, by the way, tonight against between uh, Western Michigan and Central Michigan that's being played in like what looks like a blizzard. Blizzard. <laughs> but yeah. The uh let's just say the Sickos committee is all over that one tonight. Yeah, yeah. I, I did see the tweets. Um We're going to live in a world here potentially where Bowling Green wins a conference championship and Virginia Tech wins one FPS game in twenty twenty two. Mm-hmm. And that Bowling Green team, of course, led by former Hokies offensive coordinator Scott Leffler. Yeah. I'd love to see Virginia Tech play any resemblance in the offense I watched last night. (laughs) Isn't that sick? Yep. You know who uh, Toledo's leading passer and rusher was last night, by the way? This is a little Easter egg for any any Georgia Tech fans that are still (laughs) listening. Who would that be, Joey? That'd be Tucker Gleason. Oh no! <laughs> who was this like low to maybe mid star, mid grade three star recruit out of high school that Dave Patnode was in love with? Was committed for a long time, and then like two days before signing day, this kid named Jeff Sims decides Florida State might not be for him. He'll go to Georgia Tech, and uh, he came in with Tucker Gleason. <laughs> You'll be surprised to find out that Tucker Gleason was there for about a. a, a a season and then transferred out. He went back home to uh, Ohio to go play for Toledo. Uh, he almost got the win for Toledo last night against Bowling Green. So uh, if you want to know how the Georgia Tech quarterback recruiting and development situation is going, that's a uh, little bit of a side effect. Still bad. Not great. Not great. That's all I got. Anything else on week 12 before we get out of here? I think we're good. All right. All right, let's work on getting out of here. We are going to come back and recap these games on Saturday, Sunday. Keep it tuned here. Uh, we'll, we'll let you find out on either Twitter, on uh, uh, probably just on Twitter mainly. So follow us there. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SI. Together at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Got a few listener questions in there. Haven't forgotten about you. Uh, we just are busy and tired, so we'll get there soon. Uh, we're on iTunes, on Spotify, on Amazon Music. We're on YouTube. Go search for us on YouTube. We're at, I think, 83 subscribers. Is that right, Producer Scott? Yes, that's correct. 83. Sweet. 83 subscribers. Uh, We need 100 to give you a dedicated URL. Until then, if you have not yet subscribed on YouTube, that is your homework. Please, 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 please do so. 
Go search for Basketball Conference on YouTube. You should see our logo, our channel. Hit subscribe, and uh, once we get to 100 very soon, we will give you a dedicated URL that you can go to every week to watch uh, our beautiful faces do this uh, in in a uh, video format. Mike, where else can they find us on these social medias? Facebook. Facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find some of our podcasts there. Right. Find more than none of our podcasts there. Please do. More than none, but less than all of them. Less than all of them. We're on uh, Instagram as well. BC pod- yes. At BC Podcast ACC. Yes. We're up in that game. We are. We are. Scott's, um, up, in, Scott's up in that game. <laughs> yeah. Who, I mean, who are we kidding? Yeah. Producer Scott keeping the trains running. Uh, Producer Scott, did we forget anything, or are we good here? Um. Only one thing to add, I did fix the bell on YouTube. So if you were trying to smash the bell, which is what we like to tell people, to get notifications of any new video podcast, um, if it's grayed out for you and it's giving you an error, just unsubscribe and resubscribe. But don't forget to resubscribe because we really appreciate it. And that's it. Yes. And it'll work. Producer Scott has, has done more than anybody here understands to promote this podcast in the, like, two months that he's been uh, joining us. So I'll just, I, I, I am uh, incredibly thankful for what he has done to, to support us and kind of promote us here. Yes. I mean, a thousand percent. Our marketing, our marketing of this podcast went from negative 15,000 to like positive 15,000 in a span of about a week and a half. Mike and totally I, arbitrary scale. Mildly good at telling jokes. Not good at all at marketing. So uh, appreciate Scott for filling that gap for us. Terrible at marketing. I'm I'm only here for the jokes. The most common question that I have gotten in the seven seasons that we have done this podcast is, wait, you said it's called basketball conference? I thought you said it was about football. (laughs) We're funny at jokes. We're not good at marketing. That's that's, that's the mantra. Yep. Um, I, I try to keep it. The over-under generally on offensive jokes for me is like at 0.5 per episode. I think I did two of those tonight, so <laughs> pretty good. We'll do better next time. Yes. <laughs> Not, well, <laughs> no, we won't, but yes. Keep it tuned here. Mike, that's all I got. Anything else you want to come back and uh, recap these games? Yes, let's do that. All right. Until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel and Producer Scott, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then... Go ACC. Uh-huh.